Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. Let's uh, kick off today's message, but before that, let's come before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we, we confess that you're in our midst today. We thank you for your goodness and your grace, and we pray that you might reveal something to us today that, that really speaks to our heart, that, that we walk away from this place changed for the better, and that we might put our faith into action in some way. Father God, as we come before your word today, would you reveal something to us about your goodness and about your, your faithfulness to us. Father God, thank you for this time together. Thank you for community. Thank you for, for laughter. Thank you for joy. As we gather as a community, may we be reminded today that, that you are in our midst and that you are at work in this place. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Over the past few weeks, we've been looking through this Faith Runs Deep series, right? And as I said, we're wrapping it up today. We've been looking at how different people's stories throughout our history as a nation um, and in the events of the past and the present have, have come to form what, we, what we're going to um, see in our, in our nation as far as Christianity. And we've learnt by the, the many stories we've heard that it actually takes faith-filled and faithful followers of Jesus to participate in God's kingdom, to, to bring the skills they have, to bring the desires and talents that, that God has laid on their heart, to, to actively step into the mission that God has for his followers. And he's not done yet. Like it says in Philippians, because of your partnership in the gospel from, from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He's not done yet. There's still more to do. There's still more for us to do. And we've learnt that, that faith will continue to run deep in our country and, and, and beyond our country. And, and the gospel will continue to change lives, providing we continue to tell the stories of, of God's faithfulness, yeah? The, the stories that we can share with our children, our grandchildren, making sure we instill these Christian values, these Christian stories in the next generation. And we need to be equipping our young people, just like last week at State Youth Games. We, we need strong leaders. We need, we need strong uh, people willing to, to use their gifts for the kingdom. And so we, we need to never lose sight of the need to speak life and truth and purpose into our young people. We also need to be believers who extend grace and forgiveness and attempt reconciliation to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to ensure that our, that our influence actually forces our faith across those boundaries, those, those barriers that try to, to get in the way of real, authentic Christian relationship. We need to be embracing the diversity that's all around us, allowing our faith to unite us and extend across those, those planes of difference that we come up against. And last week we learnt that that we need to let go of some of those, those counterfeit gods that we, we maybe have in our lives. Last week we had a look at, 
that's the, the, the role of sport in our lives. But there's plenty of other things that we put in, in front of this relationship we have with God. Things like technology, things like our education or our achievements. And so we need to, to work through some of those things that we ensure that we're placing Jesus at the head of our life. And so today we're, we're wrapping up this series and having a look at how we can be involved in what God's doing in shaping our our relationship with others around the gospel of Jesus. And so as we do that, I wonder if anyone's got 20 bucks. Don't all put your hands up straight away. Thanks, Jody. Now, I don't need coins and I don't accept card. I don't want two $10 notes and I don't want four fives. Yeah, one of those orange ones. That's it. Anyone tell me who's on the $20 note? Ange, now that you don't have it in front of you. So there's a, there's a lady on one side. Her name's Mary Reedy. And our kids' church uh, kids have been learning about Mary's story over the past few weeks. Anyone know who's on the other side? John Flynn, the Royal Flying Doctor Man. Well done. And so we're going to learn a bit about him today. So I'll get that back to you. Or will I? We'll see. So I'm going to tell you a bit about John Flynn, Yeah. So John Flynn was born on the 25th of November, 1880, in a place called Maligal, uh, in central Victoria, 45 kilometres west of Bendigo. He was the second son and third child of Thomas Flynn, a schoolteacher, and his mum, Rosetta Forsyth, she passed away in his childbirth. He was educated at a place called Snake Valley. Anyone from Snake Valley? Good, that's going to come in handy later. Sunshine and uh, also in Braybrook, western suburbs of Melbourne. John's father was a man of faith and John and his siblings attended Bible classes as children. John's first ambition was to become a church minister. He also became very interested in the Australian outback after hearing many stories from his father and uh, what he learned at school. John Flynn studied at the University of Melbourne and became a Presbyterian minister. In the same year, he was involved in volunteering in the Flinders Ranges in the outback of Australia, where he witnessed firsthand how challenging life could be in the Australian outback. Being so isolated from other people and basic needs not being able to be met, like shops and hospitals. In 1912, John was appointed the founder and superintendent of the Australian Inland Mission by the Presbyterian Church of Australia, a position he held his entire life until his death. In 1928, the first plane leased by Qantas to the Aerial Medical Service had its first successful flight. Don't know how many unsuccessful flights there were, but... (laughs) And John's dream became a reality. And so was born what we know as the Royal Flying Doctors Service. And so today's sermon video is about John Flynn's life. Let's check it out. The Royal Flying Doctor Service was not started by the government. Not at all, no. It grew out of the imagination of one young bloke, actually, yeah. Wow, who was that? John Flynn. uh, And uh, he lived in backcountry Victoria around Horsham uh, before the turn of the 20th century. uh, Son of a schoolteacher. Got a heart. At 16, he got a call from God. He felt, I want to do something for Australia. And uh, he went to Bible college, didn't do all that well. They, they sort of fluffed him out the door. Uh, he ended up a circuit preacher in Gippsland. He borrowed a saying from a missionary, Wilfred Grenfell, over in Canada. 
He said, if you want to commend your gospel to men, you first of all do something for them that they understand. Yeah. He'd written a letter to his dad at 21, said, you know, dad, if the gospel of Jesus is the real thing, uh, we need to find a way of expressing it to the people of the bush. It's no good building churches out here. They need hospitals. So one of the things Flynn had to deal with was communication. Absolutely. He used, one of his brilliant stories was a, a young guy who was injured in the back of Western Australia. Uh, his mates dragged him in on a cart 100 kilometres to a telegraph station. <laughs> telegraph operators on there, you know, giving Morse code to, Brit, to, uh, sorry, to Perth, 2,000 kilometres away. Doctors on the Morse code on the other end, you'll have to operate. What have you got? Got a razor blade and some, and some Condi's crystals. So two men held him down. This bloke does his operation on this guy's gut. On Morse code? On Morse code, <laughs> getting instructions from Perth. Perth, meanwhile, the doctor gets on the boat. He's 12 days getting up there, and when he gets there, the bloke had died that morning before he got there. So Flynn took yeah. that story yeah. and he told it all over Australia, saying, that's why we need flying doctors. Yeah. The original idea, I should say, came from a young guy who was going to the First World War. He wrote a letter to Flint, Clifford Peel. He said, you know, I think we could use planes as ambulances. And he died in the war, so he didn't get to see it. But Flint ran with it. That was his genius. He could take an idea and then he'd find people who could help him make it happen. He recruited Hudson Fish, who was the founder of Qantas, of course. He helped Flynn design, use right. planes like this so we could slide a patient in that side so door the, the there. So the patient comes in the door? Through the side door there, yeah, and the doctor climbs in there, pilot's sitting outside and off they go. Being in Melbourne, and uh, my a guy I worked with in Melbourne, dear friend, he used to do these small group questions where he'd say, reflect back on your family, you know, those sorts of questions. Not my favourite questions, but anyway. And I would actually say, I have no reflection. Like, because family life was not, was not my parents and three kids. It was my parents and 20 kids. Well, that's a very different world. My dad came to faith in uh, 1962, and he, he thought he might want to become a minister. Anyway, the, the local bishop in the Armidale Diocese said to him, look, I, I don't know about going into ministry or becoming a local church minister, but I've got a job for you. We've got a children's home, will you come and run it? And so in 1968, he agreed with mum to run this children's home. It's called Coventry Home. This is one great big house in the edge of, of Armidale. And, uh, and there were 18 kids on a revolving door. We house young people experiencing homelessness, so ages 15 to 21. Um, we also support young people at risk within the uh, region with casework support, mentoring, uh, helping them with mediation within family situations. So we do a lot of training with parents and supportive parents. Uh, but then we also do camps and fun things. We, we really want to raise up the next layer of civic responsible human beings, um, radical Jesus followers. 
So Andy, why red frogs? Mate, we were crashing parties back in the day. The hotels would have us in the buildings, teams of four going floor to floor, looking after kids, passed down rooms. We are having trouble getting into doors. We'd be knocking on the doors and they'd go, who are you guys? And it took us about 10 minutes to explain who we were. But we went to a local corner store, got a big bag of these red frogs, went back up to the schoolies building. We knocked on this door. As soon as the door opened, they just went, red frogs, <laughs> dragged us in and just got us yeah. into parties yeah, straight away. Yeah. You do a lot of visits to prisons. Driving either a ute or a replica race car into a prison with Jesus all over it, how does that go? Yeah, look, the, uh, the prisons is amazing. I, I love the prisons. It's my, my, I guess, my favourite thing that I do um, in, in you know, all the activities because um, you know, it's just so real. Um, you know, for the guys that are there, it's real. Um, and so, um, you know, it's surprisingly, um, uh, it's surprising the reaction you get. They, they love it. I mean, you know, they, they absolutely, you know, absolutely love it. Demographically, they're probably guys that, that like racing and, and cars and that sort of stuff. And they've seen me race on television. They kind of know, you know, who I am. It's a great conversation starter um, to drive a big loud V8 into the middle of a jail where no one else has ever been before. Flynn seemed to have a couple of key motivators. What were they? Well, as I said, it began with his heart to serve God, but then he, he could see that it wasn't enough just to sort of preach sermons. He needed to express his sermons. There's a weird, abrupt ending to the video. Um, who's ever performed surgery via Morse code? Who's taken red frogs into a party? Yeah. <laughs> what an incredible story. What an incredible Australian, what an incredible story of God's faithfulness through one particular person. But you know what? We all have a story. Um, I believe that God has called each one of us to do incredible, amazing things, just like John Flynn. But sometimes, sometimes our human mind gets in the way. I believe that... Sometimes we don't know the full extent of the story. Just like John Flynn, he, hasn't, he, he doesn't know the extent of his impact on Australia and, and the, the people of the outback. And so through his understanding of the gospel, John Flynn was, was discontent. He was confronted by the gospel and we heard in the video that, that he wasn't just satisfied with preaching. He, was, he needed to extend that even further. He wanted to put it into action. And so here's this guy from Maligal in northern Victoria, a place that's barely still on the map. And he grew up in Snake Valley, and that's why I asked you earlier, because not much happens at Snake Valley, let's be honest. It's about 25 kilometres from Ballarat, mostly residential farming area, not much happens. But it would have started just a small idea, right? It didn't just happen overnight that, that planes got off the ground and started operating like ambulances. Maybe just like some of the small ideas, some of the small convictions you have. Though John Flynn's obedience and, and perseverance through his tenacity and endurance and the work of the Holy Spirit, many, many years later saw this idea that started, this tiny idea came into reality. And now 70 years later, after his death, we still see John's legacy continue to thrive. Reminds me of the parable of the mustard seed. In Matthew 13, 31, it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, 
which a man took and planted in his field, though it is the smallest of seeds. Yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. So the birds come and perch on its branches. Let's have a look at another video, the Royal Flying Doctor's service today. fruit of John Flynn's mustard seed. I didn't set this up, but there was someone in the morning service that has relied on the Royal Flying Doctors twice in the past month. This is still very real extension of John Flynn's face. From little things, big things grow, hey? Remember these ads? See, when we're confronted with the real truth of the gospel, it creates this dissatisfaction with the world around us. 
it, this, this desire to make a change to our circumstances, to the circumstances of others, to make a difference in the world, in the lives of other people, so that they may know Jesus, ultimately. But like the video said, there was a quote from the Canadian minister that said, if you want to commend your gospel to men, you first of all do something for them that they will understand. See, Jesus' ministry was undoubtedly one focused on the, the least, the last, and the lost in this world. He had eyes for and put his energy into ensuring the love of God was not, not only preached, but expressed and demonstrated. So sometimes when we're confronted by the gospel, our only response is to do something. The gospel calls us we get into this mindset of thinking these things don't happen for us. Our ideas, our desires, that, that, that won't come together. It won't turn out like these incredible stories of those other people, whoever they are. It won't work. It's too hard. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. Friends, each and every one of us has been called into the purposes of the Almighty King. That the God who created this universe sees each one of us and calls us personally into his purposes and his plans for humanity. No power can come against that. So don't you think he would make a way? Don't you think he will make his plan come together? Don't you think that he will find the people, the resources, the energy to make it all happen? He's the creator of the universe, right? Sometimes we underestimate ourselves. Sometimes we underestimate God. He did it for John Flynn, and he wants to do it with you and your story too. You're not exempt, I'm here to tell you. We are all called into his purposes. Jesus called fishermen, tax collectors, people who doubted, people who were sceptical about what he was saying and what he was teaching, into his purposes. He could have went with the, the Jewish scholars at the time that were training for such a time as this, but no, he chose ordinary people to bring about his plan. Ordinary people in ordinary circumstances, just like you and just like me. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. When our obedience and when our willingness is paired with God's purposes for his kingdom, nothing can stand in the way. But it tries, doesn't it? The enemy works at trying to get in the way of these plans, mess up the, the, the plans God has and the plans you have. And he doesn't like God's kingdom being extended or advanced, and so he tries to get in the way. And so this reminds me of the parable just before the parable of the mustard seed, called the parable of the weeds. So this is Matthew 13, verse 24. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he said, because you might tear up the good wheat with the weeds. So leave them there until it's ready, and then we'll separate them. So I wonder what, what the weeds are that are choking your calling. I wonder what the weeds are that 
are telling you you're not good enough. wonder what the weeds are that, that keep, make, keep making this thing called life harder than it needs to be. What are the weeds in your life? What, are, what lies are the enemy telling you about your call and purpose in God's kingdom? What are your weeds? So we know we can be confronted by the gospel and this, this disconnect between the world around us and what we, we truly see the kingdom of God to be. We know that we're called by God's purposes and plans, that the almighty king calls us into his purposes. And we know that he doesn't leave it there. The gospel compels us too. There's so much need around us. In our own city, there are people that, that don't have basic means to, to live a safe and comfortable life. There's, there's people in our nation that are, that are at such a point of disadvantage that they, they can't get the education, the basic education that, that everyone deserves in this country. In this broken world, we, we see time and time again that people aren't valued or encouraged or supported and loved in the way that they should be. The gospel compels this. It's our job as followers of Jesus. Jesus came to serve the least and the last and the lost. And we too, following his footsteps as people of action, people of compassion, people of care to the broken communities around us. John Flynn trusted God and was obedient to the call placed on his life. And look what happened. There would have been weeds in his way too, I'm sure. But he was so compelled by the gospel, so encouraged by his faith in Jesus, that he couldn't not do something. Are we those kinds of people? Are we those kinds of people that, that can't help but care? That can't help but act? Can't help but make a change in our, our sphere of influence, whatever that looks like. Our schools, our, our workplaces. I wonder if you've heard of a little thing called the reverse advent calendar. About six or seven years ago, there was a family in our church community here at York Street that saw a need in our city. There's people all across our city of Ballarat that experience food insecurity and no more than at Christmas time, right? This family said, well, what are our seeds? What are our mustard seeds? What, what have we been given and what's been laid on our hearts? So they gathered a cardboard box and decorated it for Christmas. They were so confronted by the gospel and that, that it shouldn't be like this. What could we do? The most, what, what appears such a simple action, grab a cardboard box and decorate it. Put some food items in there leading up to Christmas and give it to someone at Christmas time because there's a need. What do we have? What can we do? Stepping into the call that the Lord placed on this incredible family saw the next year, 70 boxes. And the year after that, hundreds. And then thousands. And year on year, we see thousands and thousands of boxes distributed to people not only in Ballarat now, but all around Australia. What was the mustard seed? A cardboard box. And still, more than that, last year we saw over 2,000 people walk through our doors 2,000 people that not only got their physical, practical needs met by groceries, but they got to experience the love of God through our kindness, through our compassion, through our love. More than 2,000 people last year, not to mention all the people around Australia, 
that have been impacted by that initial mustard seed, the one cardboard box. Seems pretty simple to me. Have there been challenges? Of course. Have there been times when it hasn't felt worth it? Maybe. Have there been times when God showed up and did things far beyond anyone could ever comprehend? Yes. Year after year after year. The gospel of Jesus confronts us, it calls us, and it compels us, just like this project. And just like this story and the story of John Flynn, and like many, many other stories we've heard through this series and through our our lives, he's not done yet. And he's not done with your story yet. And you know what? You may not even see the full picture in your lifetime. And that's okay. Just like John Flynn, all of the impact he's had in this nation, he hasn't got to see most of it. So what's your seed? There's hearts being stirred in this place right now, I can guarantee. There's seeds that have been lost. There's seeds that have been hidden. There's seeds that are maybe just starting to germinate. There's probably weeds too. There's weeds that the enemy's trying to plant, trying to choke the calling God's placed on your life, trying to tell you you're not able, not worth it, not good enough, not rich enough. These are lies and ploys of the enemy to stop the kingdom of God advancing. And I'm here to tell you that the gospel of Jesus is stronger, is, is, is greater, is more able than we can ever possibly imagine. So there's no ploy of the enemy, no words that we can try and tell ourselves that can stand in the way of God's plan for his people to step into his purposes. Amen? So when you're confronted and called and compelled by the gospel of Jesus, nothing will stand in the way. So what should we do from here? We've got these seeds in our hearts, right? We need to pray for the Holy Spirit to water those seeds, yeah? Guaranteed, looking around this room, I know most of you, at least by face, I know that there's incredible things in your heart today that need watering because there's people in the future that are going to benefit from those seeds, just like the Royal Flying Doctors, just like Reverse Advent Calendar, and just like those seeds inside your heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you will send your spirit upon each seed represented in this room. That there is nothing you cannot do through, through an active and willing follower of Jesus. That no matter what thing comes against us, no matter what thing seems too hard, you are greater, you are stronger, and you have a plan and a purpose for this world that involves us, your followers. Lord Jesus, water the seeds of our heart, we pray. There's no place for, for negativity, no place for, for any, anything to come against your plan. And we come before you today as your servants and say, here I am, Lord, send me. What can I do to extend your kingdom here on earth? Father God, water the seeds of our heart today, we pray. Not for our benefit, but for your glory and the extension of your kingdom into the future, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like prayer, 
or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.